This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. All right, and welcome into the In and Given Saturday College Football podcast. I'm Mark with my good friend Brennan, hey. as I always am, but today we finally did it. We got all the stars aligned, we got, we got the... Uh, the old agent on the phone, we got him in, and today we're going to be joined by Big Joe, a West Point graduate who played football for the Army West Knights, going to get us excited, get us pumped up. We're going to ask him some questions, kind of get him uh, pick his brain on not only the big matchup on Saturday of Army versus Navy, but also what it's like to play at the Division One football level. Um, we were supposed to do this yesterday. I uh, had some things come up at work. Also, I don't know if I told you, but I threw my back out yesterday. I literally could not move. I was on the couch all day. So no, I wouldn't say anything. You just kept complaining about how you're at work. And never, <laughs> never replied to me. Yeah, no, I was I was laid up all day. So without further ado, here he is. It's Big Joe. Welcome in, man. Hey, uh, how's it going? Big Joe here. Uh, Patrick Joseph. Um, yeah, played uh, football for the Black Knights for uh, a year and a half about. Um, yeah, excited to be on the podcast. All right, so let's uh, let's get your thoughts here, just right out the gate. Uh, Army's season as a whole. Uh, what do you see? Like, what what have you seen this year uh, from the Black Knights that kind of gets you excited? Because when you compare the records against Army Navy, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this matchup. I'm not as confident as going in last year watching this game. Um, so, like, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, it's obviously been a pretty tough season for the Black Knights. Uh, you know, uh, lost some key assets over on offense, uh, some defensive players as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, obviously had that tough loss streak, about five losses there. Um, you know, a little rough. But uh, anything can happen in a rivalry game. You know, I, I've said it before, and, and Army-Navy is certainly one of the most intense rivalries out there in uh, college football, so I'm excited. So, we're working off two microphones here, so you might hear me in the background adding in, but I think some would argue the the biggest and most storied rivalry in college football. Thanks. So, let's, uh, Big Joe, let's let's kind of get a background on you. So, uh, you you're, you're, uh, played high school in Arizona, high school football in Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I played at uh, Hamilton High School in Chandler, Arizona. <laughs> Okay, so let's kind of go over uh, kind of your recruiting process. I know you say you weren't recruited too highly, but, I mean, you still recruit, obviously, for D1. Uh, kind of what schools were coming after you other than West Point? Yeah, so I had uh, four offers. I had West Point, Air Force Academy, University of Arizona, and Arizona State University. Okay. Um, so being out of Arizona, how come you uh, you didn't want to stay in-state going to U of A or uh, ASU? Yeah, well um, – I was a real big fan of ASU. You know, I'm a, I'm a Sun Devil through and through. But uh, I felt like West Point was kind of my calling. Um, you know, I had such a storied past and um, obviously very historic institution. And I uh, just kind of felt drawn to it, um, even from a young age. Never thought I'd really get in. But then, uh, you know, I sent in some highlight tape and uh coach came out to visit me. They eventually gave me an offer. So. I was pretty excited when they did. So with you know with West Point, um, you said that you you weren't able to get in. So is it different? Like if you're recruited there, 
to, to go play football for the Black Knights or if you're just trying – because I know a lot of people have tried to get into West Point and they can't get in. So did you still need, like, the letter from the senator or did the coach just be like, no, you're going to let this big son of a bitch in? No, no, you uh, you definitely need all the uh, the same uh, application requirements even as a, a football recruit. But, uh, you know, it, it certainly helps to have the, the coaching staff and the athletic director um, sort of vouching for you, saying that you have a, a level of talent that can – you know, bring something to the academy definitely doesn't hurt, but I, I still had to go through all those same requirements. So the, the Air Force Academy was never on your uh, never on your mind. Is that the bottom of the list? You know, I kind of teased the idea, but uh, you know, at, at the time I was 315 pounds, and uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd fit too well in an F-16 personally. So, so okay, so if looking back at your recruiting process, so if if you were being recruited right now, like the big thing I see from big recruits is on Twitter. By the way, thanks for getting me into Twitter again. I think I'm going to say it every week now. Um, is recruits put up a picture of like all their like top five. So you said that you, you had four offers. What would be your – like? okay, so looking back, not saying that you know Army West Point wasn't your best choice, but what was your top four going into your recruiting process? Um, I definitely got to say that West Point probably strongly number one at the time that I was going through. Um, ASU – very much solidly in the second second spot, though. Uh, you know, I grew up watching ASU football, and um, Todd Graham, who was the head coach at the time, that, uh, that that's I can remember what his name was before. Yeah, it, he was he was excellent, man. He he brought in a killer staff, and um, I really liked the things that they were doing with the team. Um, but Coach Ellerson, also who was the coach who was recruited me from West Point, he was uh, he was also wonderful, and so both institutions I really enjoyed. Uh, and the coaching staffs didn't make that decision any easier. So, so it's kind of because I, I know we're kind of going over your your recruiting process, but we haven't got kind of we haven't got into what position you played and and kind of how how you did. So let's go over like uh, yeah, yeah. wide wide receiver. <laughs> Come on, you never know. You can play on the D line or linebacker. There's there's some there's some pretty big uh some D line pretty big D lineman out there. So what 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 did you play? I played uh, offensive tackle in high school, and West Point recruited me as a guard. Okay. All right. Um, kind of going with that. So, uh, how how was it when when the coaches came out to your actual games and stuff like that? And like, I mean, obviously you probably did some official visits too. Yeah. So I did an official visit to West Point and an official visit to ASU. That so was how, cool. What was the biggest difference between the two? I know West Point's pretty historic on campus and stuff like that, so they probably kind of go into that. But to you, what was the biggest difference? Um, you know. I think probably the history of the academy is the thing that really drew me to West Point. I mean, uh, it was founded in 1802, longest uh, garrisoned army post. Um, you know, uh, academically, they both seem to have uh, some really strong offerings too. But um, again, I think the advantage went to West Point on that. Uh, there's a pretty big uh, alumni network uh, with the academy, so that that doesn't hurt either. So kind of go into like a kind of a boring topic, I guess. So if you would have went to ASU, what would have been your major compared to what you got at West Point? You know, I kind of go back and forth on that. The thing with West Point is uh, not only do you have the academic requirements, um, but there's a lot of extracurriculars that kind of take your attention away. Uh, and ASU obviously being a huge D1 football program, um, you know, those extracurriculars are largely focused in football. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I, I really don't know. Uh, what yeah, to say. Yeah, what'd you get your degree in? Uh, defense and strategic studies, and then <laughs> at, they they also have like sort of a minor program where if you're not an engineer, you have to do an engineering certification. And yeah. mine was in environmental engineering. Oh, okay. okay. That's, I 
That's very well respected. I'll give him. I'll give him that. So uh, the big thing going on right now with college football is the uh, the in-house visits going on right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have any in-house uh, visits coming from West Point and uh, U of A, SU, and Air yeah. Force and all that? The what visits? I'm sorry. The in-house visits, like the in-home visits where the coaches come to your actual house. and. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the coach that came to actually visit me in my home was Andy Guider, and he was the offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach. Um, yeah, so he came to a bunch of my games. I think he came to like two or three games and then actually, um, you know, sat down and had dinner with me twice in my own home. Jeez. Cause I mean, cause I, I know most kids, uh, not on the East coast, they don't really get recruited from West Point or anything about West Point. Cause for those of you that don't know, West Point's out in New York. So being all the way out in, I would say like the West with Arizona, it's pretty, uh, pretty big, uh, getting recruited by them, uh, so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it, it was it was really cool. Um, I actually got to go out on an unofficial visit uh, the summer going into my senior year, and then uh, again on an official visit after the football season had concluded, um, and and that helped too. You know, being able to go out there twice, I was uh, I was pretty blessed to be able to do that. So so uh, let's kind of get into it. So what years were you uh, at West Point? Uh, yeah, so I went to the prep school in uh, 2014. U.S. Maps? Yeah, U.S. Yeah. Maps. <laughs> and then uh, uh, from then on, I, I went to West Point for four years and graduated in 2018. Okay. So what was the uh, – my bad, Mark. Let me get one more in here. So what was the environment like uh, when you guys finally beat Navy? Oh, man, it was electric. And uh, the only I, – I, I played against Navy at prep school, and we took a beating from them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, you know, defense – and offense just were not clicking. I think we had like 13 points to 50 points or something like that. It was a rough game. And, uh, I mean, everyone knows that we were on like a 13-loss streak to them when we finally broke it. And, man, uh, we stormed the field. Like, <laughs> there was threats of tearing down the goalpost and all kinds of things. Literally, you have a whole Ooh. generations of players that have never seen a, a, a victory from uh, West Point. over. Right. Really quick. So, before I ask this question, a little bit of uh, – I don't know how many of our listeners are military or just big football fans. So, UCMJ is like our authority. It's it's kind of like our laws that govern us. Um, it It's kind of like how – Instead of us going through the judicial process, we go through the UCMJ, but it's very mirrored to the U.S. judicial system. So you said you stormed the field, and they were asking, like, there was thoughts of storming the field and tearing down the goalposts. If you would have torn down the goalposts, would there be an UCMJ action? You know, um, the person who handles UCMJ action is the commandant or the superintendent at West Point. That's a one-star and a three-star, respectively. And uh, they're such huge football fans, and they were so shocked when that happened. I I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, because because back when you were there, it was uh, General Carlin, wasn't it? Uh, superintendent was uh, General Caslin, Bob Caslin. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, no offense, but you know, officers can be kind of stuffy, so that's why I ask. But hey, <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Um, so going into the recruiting process, you decided to go to U.S. Army Black Knights. Um, did. Did you actually play for the? Did you play for the prep school, or did you play for the Black Knights, the Division One football team? I played for the prep school for a year, and then um, you know I did summer camp with the with the actual team. Okay. Um, but then I, I stopped after that shortly and moved on to other things. So what was what was the decision that went into that? So I you know I got a brother, my brother in law uh, played D three ball um, out in California, and he loves football, but he said that it was 
it was the extra time that it required to play football. He kind of like fell out of love of the sport. Is that what happened? Or was there another decision that went into it? You know, there was a lot of factors that went into it. Um, one I had said, you know, coach Ellerson was the, the team that recruited me. Um, and then coach Munkin came along and, you know, not to knock coach Munkin. I think he's an excellent coach and, um, you know, very gritty, very stick to it. Uh, I love what he's done with the team, mm-hmm. but I just felt a, a little out of place there when um, I felt like I wasn't getting what I bargained for when uh, Coach Ellerson left. So just like kind of like a change of scheme. So the reason I ask is because I mean I think you and I have touched on this in the office a couple times, but um, I'm starting to see it, and this is why we really want to have you on is kind of get an insight into D1 football that a coaching change can really affect how a recruit looks at a football program. No matter how much they love the, the the program, the sport, and everything, literally a coaching change can change your whole outlook. You can, if you're uncomfortable, you can move that mic around. Like you can, oh. yeah. It, it's not like cemented in that spot. Like I see you like leaning all the way over, but uh, no, what I'm saying is like it can completely change your outlook on the sport of football and is that kind of what happened? And like, you know, the coaching change happened. Uh, they, they hired coach Munkin and he came in kind of not with a different offensive scheme, but probably a different culture and a different way of coaching. And it kind of just, you just looked at it and I was like, this isn't what I signed up for. I still love the Academy. Obviously you commissioned, um, but it just, it wasn't right for you to play football there. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, that's, that's definitely part of it. Um, a pretty big reason, but there are other factors that went into it too. Like I said, um, very very stressful academic load um you know you have drill and ceremony you got to do you have uh, all kinds of duties that you're obligated to in a normal weekday and if you play football uh the football doesn't stop it's just like any other d1 program those guys are watching film when they're not watching film they're lifting when they're not lifting they're practicing uh so on and so on so i just felt like to give myself the best chance of success at west point i needed to reevaluate those priorities and, and, and move towards, um, focusing on academics, especially, which sometimes can be a weak point for me. <laughs> yeah. Cause I know, uh, cause isn't there some semesters where you take 20 plus, sem- uh, semester hours? Yeah. Um, I think I took a max of 23 credit hours when yeah. I was there. It was pretty, and that's not even the highest that I've ever heard. Uh, some of the engineers there, they literally don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, Let's kind of get into um, just kind of how your, how your West Point experience was uh, during during this time. I mean, obviously, when you got there, I'm, I, I, I can't remember the first year that Army finally beat Navy, but uh, 2016? 2017. So uh, just kind of go over like kind of how uh, each week was through each uh, each year, your, your plebe to your uh, – what's the senior? Senior is uh, firsty. First year, mm-hmm. th- or your uh, plebe through your first year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so plebe year is kind of miserable. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, you you start out with the summer of um, you you have cadet basic training, which um is colloquially um, colloquially colloquially known as uh, beast barracks. Um, and it's uh, a six week program where 
you do all your basic soldiering stuff. You learn drill and ceremony. Um, you know, you, you throw grenades, you shoot rifles, you learn how to, you know, shoot, move and communicate and do all this. Notice how he didn't say land nav. I just want to put that in. (laughs) Oh, land nav, (laughs) land nav is there. Barely. Uh, Giving a bad name to lieutenants. Yeah. You ever been out to the field with a lieutenant trying to get you somewhere? It's terrible. Yeah. And, and, and that ends with the 12 mile, uh, ruck back from camp Buckner. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the shitty bears. Yeah. Terrible. I actually had to stay in those when I went out to West Point <laughs> to do like a static display. They wouldn't let us stay on campus at the IHG hotel. So we had to stay in, uh, in Buckner. And it was, it was, it was awesome seeing the bears just run through the, uh, the basketball courts and everything over there. It's just, it's literally just in the forest. Yeah. I think that's kind of funny that they, uh, where they put you guys as shitty barracks, like the cadets, is where they're like, yeah, unless they can live there. They'll be fine. Fuck them. Yeah. So, yeah. What, and what? shout out to 18th Airborne Corps for helping <laughs> us out with the uh, cadet summer training. Really oh, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys want to, like, touch wieners or something? <laughs> <laughs> right. So you get through uh, cadet basic training, and then uh, how, how does the rest of the experience go? Uh, so then you go into the academic year. Um, you're separated into your different companies. Uh, and you have a bunch of restrictions placed on you as a plebe. Like you can only leave a maximum of, uh, once a semester. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a pretty rigorous academic course load and that's when you take all your, you know, all the terrible classes that no one wants to take, you know, (laughs) your chemistry and English one one and all that. Um, Uh and, uh, then you also have like plebe duties on top of that and it's doing laundry and cleaning up the barracks and all, all that cool stuff. Jeez, so, <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, but then it gets a little bit better uh, when you move into Yuckier. In Yuckier, you get into the more advanced infantry tactics. You're patrolling and patrol bases and that sort of um, uh, platoon breakdown mm-hmm. of um, infantry tactics. And then um, you get a little bit more freedom. You can talk outside and you don't have to cup your hands. Um, <laughs> yeah. that is brutal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you get to leave a little bit more, a little bit more freedoms. Uh, the big thing is yearling winter weekend. Everyone really enjoys that. That's like, um, uh, uh, uh formal dance uh, and everyone gets to bring a date and everything. Kind of like a ball. Yeah. It's kind of like okay. a ball. Uh, then you go into junior year and junior year, you have a few different options. You can do CLDT, which is, um, the really advanced, uh, it's kind of modeled after ranger school for those of you who know about that. Um, so you'll like do a mission, go to a patrol base, do a mission, go to a patrol base and you do that for, uh, 10 days in the field. So it gets pretty rigorous and you know, it's always raining in the summer there. So you're always soaking wet, (laughs) (laughs) uh, or you can do CTLT which is you go and shadow a lieutenant at an army unit um, somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to do mine in Alaska, Fort Wainwright. It was pretty cool. Went to an SBCT out there. It's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, and then senior year is the same thing. You get to do one or the other. Um, occasionally, you'll get to do uh, academic broadening assignments as well. Um, so I got to do two of those while I was there, one over spring in which, uh, I went to France for 10 days and then one where I went to Israel for two weeks, um, and got to spend time with the IDF and that kind of thing. It was, uh, you know, a lot of good opportunities. That's what's up. Uh, so let's, uh, you know, we kind of, we kind of got a background on you and, uh, let's, let's, let's hop in. So Saturday and Oh, what is it? It's Pittsburgh, right? It's at, no, it's at Lincoln Financial in yes, Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia this year. So Philadelphia, you've been there four times, obviously, because cadets are like mandated to go. Yeah. I think that's kind of yeah. funny. Um, so describe 
your plebe year when you went. So you were a part of the prep team at that time. So you kind of knew what you were expecting. And then your senior year going out there, describe the atmosphere of walking into the Army-Navy game. Well, first of all, all of Philadelphia shuts down for this Army-Navy game. Uh-huh. Uh, streets are crowded. Businesses are booming. Uh, and everyone's just, you know, it is just classic college football. Everyone's got their picking sides and they're going to them and they're sticking <laughs> to their guns all day, no matter who wins or who loses. So you're saying that all of it shuts down as a cadet. Like, obviously it's like mandated that you go. They, they train like they, they give you guys transportation there and everything. You guys go there in your uniform. Are you guys allowed to like tailgate and drink and stuff? Or is that highly like, Fuck no, you're going to go sit in the stands, you're going to watch the game, then you're going to go back to the, the university. You can't drink until you're a junior, right? Uh, you cannot drink your plea beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is that is the rule. Okay, so <laughs> obviously your first year you're not able to drink, but like your second, third, fourth year, you guys allowed to like tailgate and talk shit to the Navy cadets and tell them that all they like is semen and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so prior to the game, you are not allowed <clears throat> to drink. Okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, and, you know, being an upstanding cadet and a gentleman, I followed that rule. Okay, dude, the general's not <laughs> listening to this. You're good. All right, I promise you. I don't even think Captain Evans listens to yeah, this. Definitely, so. uh, you know, Friday night is, is the big night you go out and drink. Um, but really, the festivities start uh, the Sunday prior to the game. Um, Sunday, so, everyone comes back. It's a recall formation. And you have a big pep rally uh, sort of assembly type deal. That's when they unveil the uniforms. They put out all the spirit videos that are going to be showed um, during halftime and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, generals come out of the woodwork to give you speeches about how we're going to destroy Navy. this Right. Year. Yeah. They, yeah. They, okay. And that continues uh-huh. on. And then Thursday is the, uh, the boat burning ceremony. That's pretty cool. Boat burning ceremony. Yeah. Talk us through that. Yeah. So, um, the engineers uh, go ahead and build a massive uh, boat. You know, sometimes it's an aircraft carrier, sometimes it's a, a Navy fighter jet or something. Uh, and then we set it on fire uh, under the supervision of the fire department, of course, Highland Falls Fire Department. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we burn it to the ground to show um, how much we hate Navy. And then uh, there's something called the Goat Engineer game, right? Um, if you're in the top half of the class, you're an engineer. If you're in the bottom half of the class, you're a goat. And it's a it's a little flag football game, right? That the that the the dumb kids and the smart kids play against each other. Um, I was an O lineman on the goat team, <laughs> bottom, <laughs> bottom half of the class, uh, and we stomped the engineers in uh, overtime when I played um, nice. my senior year. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I will say this though, I will, I, on that talking about flag football, uh, Big Joe, best lineman I've ever had. Like, you want to talk about having all day to throw the football, bro? I'm like, I'm a statue, like back there like when I have Big Joe on the line. Yeah, you got the steel curtain over here, baby. You still suck though. Okay. Anyway, who played in a division level flag football game in Hawaii and who didn't? That's me. I played in Aloha Stadium. Suck it. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and the tradition states that as goes the GOAT uh, engineer game, if the GOATs win, um, Army will beat Navy. And my senior year, we beat the engineers, and then we went on to beat Navy. Uh, Look at that. Next Look, at that. Look at that correlation. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> so there Look you go. They should, they should televise that game. Yeah, so, Illuminati you know, confirmed. 
Yeah, you know, that way I could bet in Vegas and actually win some money. Cause I just bet, well, the goats win, so there we go. It's a, right. it's a great time. Yeah. So all of Philadelphia shuts down, and you walk into the stadium. What is – you know, this is always something that's interested me. And I mean, you've been there four years, so I think you can speak on it a little bit more. But what's the percentage to, like, cadets that have to be there between Army and Navy and, like, actual fans that just – because I know that stadium's like full every every Army Navy game. It's a game that's on my bucket list. Um, I think if this podcast gets any bigger and we actually start getting paid, that is definitely one that I want to take. <laughs> like as you know, because me and Brennan have like and this is all serious. Is that we've talked about trying to get press passes to go like sideline and cover these games, but that's definitely one that I want to go to and be a part of. What is the percentage in it as far as Army Navy cadets and just Lonely old men that want to go watch a football game. Okay, so West Point is congressionally mandated to have uh, about 4,000 cadets at any given time. And I have never in my four or five years at the academy heard of a single person being able to miss the Army-Navy game. So pretty much every single one of them is there in that stadium. I think the Naval Academy is of a similar size to us. Uh So um, there's 8,000 uh, or so cadets and midshipmen. I mean, that uh, stadium holds what, like 65,000? 65, 65, yeah, and then there's like a few other hundred uh, service members that are also in uniform um, when you include like the staff and faculty at West Point and the, uh, you know. Probably just like, you know, like various soldiers that are stationed, you know, they drive down there, wear their uniform because it's pride. Right. If if I went to that game, if I was stationed at like Fort Drum or something like that, like I would I would go to that game and I'd be in uniform. Yeah, at that football yeah. game absolutely definitely shows what side you're on. Um, yeah, and yeah, then the rest the rest are just super fans. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. I guess the Army and Navy have a lot of super fans. I mean, it's also just it's the only game on that weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Um, because you know we just we did our conference title games last weekend, um, and then we go into bowl weekend. I think in uh, next weekend bowl games start. Mm-hmm. It's either next weekend or the weekend after. And this is literally the only game um, on the schedule this Saturday is Army-Navy. All eyes are on the game. It's one of the most highly televised games aside from, like, the national championship or Super Bowl. So I'm excited for it. So looking at this year's uh, Army-Navy game, 69,000. <laughs> Giggity. Um, so this, Army, this, this, uh, this year's Army-Navy game, uh, Army's on a two-game winning streak, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're on a two-game winning streak, but Navy is nationally ranked. I think they've only well, – what's Navy's record? Uh, they've only lost, what, two games? Uh, hold on, we got to look at it. This isn't a team that we normally follow. Um, I know Army has a quote-unquote losing record right now, uh, and Navy is a nationally ranked football team. So, like, what, what do you – nine and two. So what do you see – Going forward, this Army-Navy game, Army takes the win. They can't take the Commanders and Chief Trophy home, but they get the trophy. That uh, I think we talked about that last week. They get it, but they can't put the name on it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because they didn't. They they what? They didn't beat Air Force, right? Yeah, they didn't beat Air Force, but Navy beat Air Force, and so if Army beats Navy. They get it, but they can't put their name on it because they didn't sweep the series. Yeah, so I, I think it largely depends on what kind of Army team shows up on Saturday, right? Um, mm-hmm. The team we saw play against Michigan, I think, is a good example of the type of grit and toughness that the, the Army team is. is Sorry, I just for. saw the FBI. ESPN FBI has a 75% chance for Navy to win this game. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I like those odds, baby. Come on, let's roll the dice. Play the underdog. So, yeah, I mean, if that Army team that came out and damn near beat Michigan in their home stadium, and a Michigan team that, aside from the Ohio State game that we saw, um, is a team that we keep saying is is, is a decent football team. They're, they're not going to compete out there in the Big Ten. But uh, if that Army team shows up, then it's definitely going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an interesting game. I, I'd, I'll give my predictions. You know, We'll all give our predictions here in a little bit. But um, I definitely see probably a closer game than a lot of people are going to see in this. But what, what keys – do you see for the Army Black Knights to beat the uh, the stupid midshipmen of Navy? So I think, obviously, uh, the old saying goes, and I think it's true with every game, uh, defense was, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Uh, if that defense can show up, and when there's huge momentum shifts in favor of Navy, get out there, get three and outs, um, stop those third downs, uh, conversions from happening, uh, maybe get a few turnovers in the process, that's going to be huge. Um, offenses are, I think, slow to get going uh, a lot of the time unless you just have a super well-oiled machine. And uh, especially for a triple option offense like the Army team, yeah, it's tough. It's tough well, to get going. I mean, you, uh, we're talking about a well-oiled machine if anybody's watched Navy games, which, you know, my stupid wife loves stupid Navy. Um, <laughs> so, she, you know, we've watched a, a few Navy games, and that Navy offense can put up points, man. Like, them dudes – them dudes are good. Um, this isn't your typical Navy team. This is a Navy team that is well deserving of that national ranking. Um, so they can put up some points out there. It's definitely going to be a challenge for that mid or that uh, Black Knight defense. Um, so as far as the offensive side of the ball, where where do you see the uh, the successes lying and kind of like where your failures are going to be on the Army side? Um, I'll be honest with you. If we can average some decent yardage per carry, uh, none of these uh, one or two yard carries that seem to be our go-to, uh, that would be huge for the offense, right? We need to be picking up four or five yards on average, I think, uh, busting through that defensive line. And holding on to the damn football would be great as well. <laughs> uh, turnovers kill, especially in, in college and beyond. You you cannot bounce back from turnovers, especially turnovers that result in scores for the other team. So Army really needs to focus on, on holding on to that ball and averaging four or five solid yards a carry. Uh, you know, triple option, you got to grind down the field. Uh, every time you have possession of that ball, it's going to be – a long slog fest and you're going to eat up a lot of clock and it has to result in a score or just big yardage uh in the opponent territory uh there's really no other option otherwise you're just kind of wasting your time and, and the game will just grind on forever so uh, what are your thoughts on the uh the senior quarterback coming in for army this year uh, kelvin hopkins jr how do you think he's looked so far and uh what do you think he kind of needs to improve on yeah you know there's a lot of good stuff there um I, I think it's tough, right, being a quarterback in in, in this type of offense. Um, you you really got to understand that uh, it, uh, on a team like this, I feel like all eyes are on the quarterback, just like most teams. But um, so there, there's there's a lot of pressure there, right? And uh, everyone's expecting you to to not do so hot, especially coming off of uh, five losses and then two wins, and then now it's a huge rivalry game. 
so I think if you just focus up and um, make smart decisions, good reads on the defense in the triple option is key for the quarterback to execute. And then uh, the three times that we're going to pass the ball, <laughs> uh, make those completions, I think we'll be all right. Well, I, so with Hopkins, I'm looking at his, his stats right now. Um, he's 32 of 75 for 570 yards, four touchdowns and five interceptions. Um, so definitely more of a passing attack than I've seen from the Black Knights uh, throughout the years. Uh, he uh, 75 passes for an Army quarterback is a lot throughout a season um but those five interceptions are really glaring out at me he uh and i was actually wrong uh this is they're on a three game winning streak army is so i just want to correct that really quick but um you know we're talking about defenses and you know against this high-powered offense of navy and navy is averaging 464 yards a game while army is allowing 400 so that Army defense is going to have to step up against this this de- this high powered offense, um, and this the triple option is is definitely working. Uh, the quarterback uh, Perry of Navy has fifteen hundred yards on the ground and rushed for nineteen touchdowns. So, is definitely definitely going to be a, a good a good matchup. He's also thrown for over a thousand yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions. So, I mean, his ratio is there. Um, kind of a similar forty three of seventy nine. So it's going to be definitely interesting uh, to see, you know, Navy, they had that big win over SMU and then, you know, they kind of shit the bed against Notre Dame. And then Army is, I mean, they got blown out in Hawaii, uh, not last week, week before last. Uh, They literally went into Hawaii and lost 52-31. So I'm going to be interested to see how these two teams come out. It's going to be a nervous game for both of them. Um, You're talking about kids going into an Army-Navy game, I think, since, ever since I can remember, I've watched this game. So it's going to be interesting. I think definitely think whoever's defense steps up on the field more is going to walk away with a W. And I hope it's Army because I really don't feel like getting a Navy tattoo. I really don't, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I, I, I can only imagine, right, when you're uh, – maybe you're a young player, right, getting into this game and the stadium is packed. It's an NFL stadium. Uh, people come from all over the country to see it. It's highly televised. All eyes are on you. I mean, I, I imagine it gets the nerves going, juices flowing a little bit. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you know, in, in, like in depth, like kind of explain it, but um, kind of what do the coaches go over with the um, with the players before the game, especially ones that are freshmen or haven't even played in the, in the game? Like, kind of what, what's what's uh, the coach going over with them to kind of get them in the head that. It is a bigger rivalry than you probably will ever play in and have ever played in. Well, I know one thing that they did for us was uh, they brought in a lot of uh, ex-players and just had them talk to us. Yeah, uh, I had guys tell me about, like, the first time they saw their number on the Navy sidelines and how they just saw red, you know, <laughs> instantly wanted to, like, fight the guy. Um because it's just kind of like instilled at you. I mean, <laughs> literally the first words out of your mouth as a, as a West Point cadet are like beat Navy, you know? Um, so it, it's just, it's just instilled in the culture there, right? That these are, these are our enemies, right? At least for this day, for this football <laughs> game. And we got to beat them and everyone's behind you. Uh, so don't screw this up. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you got, you got the whole long gray line, as they say, uh, behind you, cheering you on to do that. Um, so, I think so is it, 
My bad. Is, is there? Because I know a lot of old grads go to this game. So do you get to talk to a lot of old grads too before the game, or is it just kind of just you just bring in former football players? Oh yeah, absolutely. Everyone in the stands. It seems like um, everyone they're tailgating or uh, even just passing by in Philadelphia is like some sort of affiliation. Like either went there themselves or they have a family member or something that is related to the academy, uh, which is you know it's really cool to see. Awesome. So. I think it's an understatement that all three of us here are pretty excited for this game. <clears throat> I want to hear your thoughts on this. Kind of getting away from the game, kind of into my personal relationship, but I, I, I really enjoy this. Um, me and my wife have a bet. Uh, so if you didn't know, my wife was Navy for five years. Uh, we watch this game every year. We make little bets on the game, and this year we went big. Uh, so the loser has to get a tattoo of the opposing team a tattoo a permanent tattoo yes yikes um of the opposing team so if navy wins i have to go get a navy tattoo and if army wins which they will i get to take my wife down a tattoo shop and she gets to get army black knights on her so do you is there that kind of level of hatred between like if any of your friends or, or Navy officers or anything like, or any friends in the Navy, is, is there that level of hate? Is that normal or is that kind of asinine that me and my wife are that passionate about this one stupid football game? No, that is absolutely within reason uh, for this <laughs> level of football game. I have a friend on the team, and I'm not going to say who, but the year that Army beat Air Force, uh, he had the score tattooed um, on his ass. Yep. Yeah, that's where I'm getting my tattoo. And you know what? Uh, didn't lose a bet, didn't win a bet. Uh, he just decided that this was that, that important, that I'm wow. going to get the score tattooed on my ass. Uh, and, you know, that's that's the level you need to be behind that team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I mean, this is – this the, the thing about this game and what I see – what makes this game so special is it goes above and beyond just alma maters. Because, you know, you talk about Ohio State, Michigan, where you talk about – uh, USC, UCLA, or Nebraska, Oklahoma back in the day, it was it was your state. It's state pride. And you would get angry, and then you move on. But this is literally people's lifeline. Like, this, for me, this is my career. This is, this is who I will retire from. This is who I associate myself with is the Army. So when you talk about Army-Navy, this goes above and beyond just colleges. Like, this is people's lifelines. This is, you know, on the field, you're talking about kids going up against each other that are going to end up fighting for our nation. So it, it definitely takes on a different level of importance, different level of nostalgia when you talk about Army, Navy. And you don't see this from any, like Navy Air Force doesn't get a lot of coverage. Army Air Force gets a lot of coverage here because it's Fort Carson and, you know, Air Force here in Colorado Springs. So it's, it gets a little hype here, but Army, Navy is no matter what duty station you're at, no matter where you're at, if you're a part of the Army, Navy, or even if you just your parents are there, it's it's a big deal for uh, this football game. So I'm excited for it. It's going to be on here. If you guys want to come over, come over. We'll have a little party, and you know we'll just talk shit at Megan the whole time about how bad Navy sucks. So it'll be a good time. I'm excited for it. So let's kind of uh, backtrack here. So obviously you didn't go to the Air Force game because you didn't meet up with me, so that's fine. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh. I, you get you got to watch it. I mean, how how was your kind of emotional uh, toll on that? Because uh, I actually got to watch la the ending of the game in the, in the cadet uh, section with the band and everything. Yeah, and it was it was pretty crazy. Where there's like only yeah. So um, man, I got to tell you, that was a it was a pretty heartbreaking loss. I I think um, 
And so one of Coach Munkin and his crew's uh, sayings is NCOT. And it's an acronym that stands for National Champions of T- Toughness. Uh, and if you saw that Army team play that Air Force team this year, that's exactly, I think, what they were. Um, <laughs> you know, being up here in, in the elevation uh, is tough. And I can only imagine playing a full uh, football game at this level uh, at that elevation. And, man, uh, I think they still gave it a, uh, their best shot. Because they, did, cause, yeah, cause they definitely could have won it um, had the uh, QB not come out. And they tried throwing it with a brand-new QB in the end zone pretty much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was watching and I thought it was over. And then next thing you know, a couple of penalties hit and they're down in the red zone about to score so yeah yeah and you know um that that sort of toughness that is that's something that I don't know if you can coach and it's something that year after year I think the army team exhibits uh and it's probably their greatest asset you know they may not have the the biggest players or the most talented or whatever but um they definitely they definitely have that going for them and that wins a lot more games than I think people give credit for yeah so uh, and another thing too that was pretty funny what do you think of the uh the a-man a man, the uh, the army man. You didn't yeah, see him? No, I saw him. I saw him running around out there. Yo, what, what what are your thoughts on that? That's your thing, you know. You, you go for it. <laughs> have, have you seen this dude? I, I oh, is that a uh, Kaufman? Is that who you mean by A man? Uh, no, no, no. He, no the, a, the the dude that's like in painted all black with a giant A on his chest. I think I know that guy. Oh really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> this is the West Point because <laughs> <laughs> this this is the first year they brought him out. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on him. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought it was kind of like over the line, but I mean, it, if you're trying to bring school spirit, you're trying to bring school spirit. Yeah, Can't really hate on people for that. You got to do what you got to do, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I'm excited, and uh, let's get into it. So Army Black Knights, Navy Midshipmen, December. Oh, okay, sorry. My bad. Final, final question here, because I know this is a big uh, big thing for people that uh, are in the Army and actually follow Army. Uh, how, how is it for, like, the especially for, like, the linemen and the, the kind of the big uh, the uh, football players with the weight standards and the IOCT and all that? Like, how, how do they go about that with them compared to other, other uh, academies? Yeah, so um, the certain athletes are <laughs> we call it the fat boy program uh they're put on something called sap which is special athlete program so that's your, your power lifters your wrestlers your football players uh certain track and field athletes they get to break the army weight standards in favor of having more mass um in whatever sport they're playing and uh i think it's great you know um i've seen a lot of guys go from huge to very small after they're <laughs> done playing sports for West Point. Uh, you know, and obviously Army has pretty rigorous physical standards. So, uh, you know, you have to maintain those. Um, but you get the the little short suspension um, while you're at West Point uh, so that you can perform um, not to your detriment. That's uh, luckily, right? But um, certain things that it doesn't cover are things like the IOCT. For those who don't know, it's the Indoor Obstacle Course Test. And uh, I encourage you to look it up online. Uh, That's Indoor Obstacle Course Test. And, you know, just type in West Point after it. And you'll see a video of some dude running, uh, doing monkey bars, climbing ropes, jumping over walls and stuff. Um, That's how you know you got to the right video. It's pretty miserable. 
<laughs> and uh, if you're a big body, um, somebody who's on the line, maybe uh, you're going to struggle with it. And I struggled <laughs> with it uh, and, you know, probably uh, shed more tears than I needed to trying to pass. But I, I eventually got through it. So, so, th- so every year they have to do the IOCT because I know uh, it's either every semester, or every year they get to pass it, right? Yeah, so your plea beer, you take a course called Mill Movement, and it's basically a gymnastics course, but it features the IOCT as one of its main um, tests. And then every year after that, you take it um, once a year um, up to your senior year, and you have to pass it every year, uh, and it's equally as miserable then as it was your plea beer. <laughs> yeah, because uh, so, someone actually broke the record this year uh, on the IOCT. I can't remember what its time was, but my girlfriend was telling me, but... Uh, so as far as the weight standard, you get to kind of hold off on that until the your football career is over with, or how's that? Yeah. Um. So after you finish um your season, your final season at West Point, uh, then you're given a a semester to get within compliance of the Army standards. Uh, and it's pretty reason pretty reasonable time frame, I think. Um, because you know when you're three fifteen, uh, <laughs> that weight comes off pretty quickly. <laughs> And then, so uh, how about the, like, I, I know I've kind of heard things about, like, the Air Force and the Navy where they kind of don't, uh, they, they they don't really care about their, their weight standards with their players. Uh, I mean, do you have any word on that or how that kind of goes? You know, I'm not too familiar with uh, the Navy and the Air Force's weight standards. I will say, though, that their PT test is considerably easier than the <laughs> Army PT test. Yep. I think that's something we can all agree on that the Army and Navy or Air Force and Navy are not up to the Army PT standards. So, all right, well, let's get into it. Uh, so, Army Navy, December 14th at 1 o'clock here in sunny Colorado. It'll be on CBS as it is every year. Um, we'll go ahead and let our guests pick first. I think that's proper. Give us uh, who's going to win, what's the score, and uh, does Army storm the field if they beat them? I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be a grind, a slog fest. No one's expecting Army to win, but I got to go with Army. 28-24 Army. Okay. If if they win, do they storm the field? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. All right, Brennan? Uh, I, I'm going to say 21-18 Army. I don't think it's more than, you know, a, more than a touchdown of a victory because every year it seems to be pretty close. But uh, like they say, uh, what is it? Win four years, go to war, or something like that. Is that the saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah. What's? Do they have the line out on this game yet? Uh, I would assume so. They have to. So I'm gonna go Army outright. Yeah, it's ten and a half spread. So I'm gonna go Army outright. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them, twenty four. 24-19. I think Navy goes for a two-point conversion there late to try and get it within a field goal, and they don't get it. I'm going 24-19 Army. Hopefully. What I realistically see happening is Army covering the spread. Uh, I think Navy is too good of a football team. Um, but I can't pick Navy. It's it's not in my blood. I can't do it. So uh, I'm going to take Army, 24-19. Big shocker and uh, – that means that the the podcast logo will get updated to my wife's tattoo, by the way, for at least like two weeks. It has to be, <laughs> it has to be updated. It'll go up on Facebook. So follow us on Facebook at any given Saturday CFB. Uh, her tattoo will go up there along with mine. 
if I have to get one. So just let you guys know that it is for real. So Big Joe, we want to thank you for having us having on, uh, coming over and being on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. We learned a lot of stuff. Um, and you're welcome on the podcast anytime. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, so kind of go into our, our social media. So on Twitter, NECFB, give us a follow. Uh, we usually retweet, if not come up with uh, up-to-date news. Uh, anything going on around the Big Ten, Pac-12, uh, especially for the and then for this game with the the Black Knights and the Nate and the Midshipmen, we'll definitely be tweeting updates and stuff like that. Uh, like Mark said, with our Facebook, Any Given Saturday CFB. Our email is anygivensaturdaycfb at gmail.com. And then you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play. Uh, yet again, thank you for coming on, Big Joe. It's been about three weeks we've been trying to get you on, so I'm glad <laughs> we finally got, got it going. But uh, go Army, beat Navy. Go Army, beat Navy. Beat Navy.